0: Hello! It's Thursday, February 2nd, 2017. We're reading from the Tao Te Ching. We're on chapter 14, and this week we're reading from the Raymond Blakeney version. Here it is. They call it elusive and say that one looks, but it never appears. They say that, indeed, it is rare, since one listens, but never a sound. Subtle, they call it, and say that one grasps it, but never gets hold. These three complaints amount to only one, which is beyond all resolution. At rising, it does not illumine. At setting, no darkness ensues. It stretches far back to that nameless estate which existed before the creation. Describe it as form yet unformed, a shape that is still without shape, or say it is vagueness, confused. One meets it and it has no front. One follows, and there is no rear. If you hold ever fast to that most ancient way, you may govern today. Call truly that knowledge of primal beginnings the clue to the way. Okay. We'll sit... For 10 minutes. Take a little time here before I ring the bell to put yourself into an upright, relaxed position. Settle in. Allow yourself to become more aware See that as a component of what this time is about. All right. Bring your awareness and your focus to your breathing. As we sit here, see if you can find within yourself the courage, courage to sit with what's in you in all of its forms. expressions As you and I are here, sitting with all that feeling that's inside each of us, why don't we both invite a little compassion for ourselves into that experience too? While we're doing that, Staying focused on our breathing. No labels. Just this moment. And the mystery of it. Staying within yourself, awareness on your if there's pain, or if there's pleasure, just sit with them. Just allow them to be as they are. Hmm. Let's take a look again at the chapter for today. They call it elusive and say that one looks, but it never appears. They say that indeed it is rare since one listens, but never a sound. Subtle, they call it, and say that one grasps it, but never gets hold. These three complaints amount to only one, which is beyond all resolution. Complaints. The Tao, the Tao we're talking about here. The Tao is ungraspable and yet it's present everywhere. Within you right now. It's within me right now. Continuing. At rising, it does not illumine. At setting, no darkness ensues. It stretches farther back to that nameless estate which existed before the creation. Describe it as form yet unformed, a shape that is still without shape, or say it is vagueness confused. One meets it and it has no front, one follows and there is no rear. If you hold ever fast to that most ancient way, you may govern today. Call truly that knowledge of primal beginnings the clue to the way. For me, this chapter is a lot like the very first chapter of the Tao Te Ching. The Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The way that can be named is not the real name. It's a riddle, a paradox, a conundrum. And um, for me, when I read this, Lao Tzu is, is in his own unique way saying things to us like, what is the sound of one hand clapping? Or if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? He is pointing us to a path to change our mental state. To let go of our preconceived notions about how it is. And enter into a different form of awareness. And in that different form of awareness, he's showing us, there are, there are limits to reason, to logic, to uh, to the products of the mind, to mind product. I am reminded of Kurt Gödel, who, if you don't already know who he was, was a mathematician, a 20th century mathematician, who in the 1930s demonstrated that there's a set of mathematical truths that are and will always be impossible to prove. I think, if I remember right, that Gödel also said something like, this statement is false, and used that as an example of something that is not exactly provable. Whether he did say that or not, that's certainly an example of a paradoxical statement for which our normal logic doesn't really apply. And if we think that there is no personal significance for us in a mathematician's work to demonstrate that there's a set of mathematical truths that exist that can't be proven. Well, I think we're incorrect. It does matter for us. It is a signal of something deeper. Uh, you know, after all, mathematics describes our universe. There was a guy named Tarski who expanded on what Gödel did with what was called an undefinability theorem. And that pointed out that the truth of a particular system can't be proven within the system. Okay, so if this affects us, how does it affect us? And how does this relate to chapter 14 of the Tao Te Ching? our intuition doesn't rely on logic. It's not like that. It arrives at its conclusions through some other mechanism. Maybe it does so from that billions-year-old wisdom that I discussed a few days ago. Or maybe it uses something that we can only refer to as a mystery And so maybe we just call it the Tao. But our intuition is connected to our personal truth. And my invitation to you is, if you don't believe that, check with yourself. Sit with that concept. Which has the deeper wisdom for you? The wisdom that arises from your intuition, your true intuition. Connection to that which is deep within you or your power to logically reason through a problem. Maybe what I'm saying is not true for you and if that's the case, that's fine. And maybe it is true for you. And ultimately you get to decide what is true for you. You get to decide that. Uh, By the way, I am not saying that logic is not important. I think, frankly, that uh, there's not enough reasoning in the world right now. But is it the ultimate source of your wisdom? You get to decide on your own truth because you are alone. I get to decide on my own truth because I am alone. While it's true that we're all connected and that it's illusion to say that we are not connected to one another, and in fact it's illusion to say that we're completely alone, at least to some extent, but your experience is your own, and uh, in my experience is my own. And I will never get to feel exactly what you're feeling. I can have empathetic experience of it. I can see what's happening to you and it can trigger emotions in me as well. But I don't get to be you. I don't really have your experience. And... Uh, and that's a great mystery, too. Yesterday, we talked about compassion for ourselves. And this is, this is where compassion for others enters the picture. Compassion for others in which we wonder or imagine what it's like to be the other person. It's, uh, it's exercising a muscle that, that's challenging for many of us to, to exercise. It requires effort. It's not, uh, for all of us, something that's natural. I'm not talking about mimicking the emotional state of somebody else who appears to us to have a particular experience. I'm talking about imagining what it's like to be in that other person's body. For me, that's, uh, that's a way to, to connect with the Tao, to connect with the mystery, that mystery that existed before the existence of time, which in and of itself is not a statement that makes sense. But there it is. So, how about today, at least once, you make the effort to imagine what it's like to be somebody who you're interacting with. Have the curiosity and the imagination to try to experience their experience, even if just for a few moments. That's my invitation. And let's stop there for today. Thank you so much for sitting with me today. Have a wonderful day.